0: Welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode two hundred seventy-four. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prilliman, and I am joined this evening, afternoon, morning drive to work by the one and only Samantha Har. That's me. And tonight, 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 tonight. Uh, yes, tonight's the night. We're going to be talking about the SCG Con Indianapolis event that was this past weekend. You know, big Magic events are coming back.
1: People were out there playing Magic together in person.
0: Right, right, and it's been a bit because there was there was a magic event in in Vegas uh but star city has started up the scG con event it's a it's a big event that that has magic and uh, some upstart game that's like trying to like horn in on the on the TCG market <laughs> whatever so uh scG isn't the only event uh the only large events I understand that uh NRG is also doing. Uh, some large events. We're not going to talk about them tonight. We're going to talk about SCG Indianapolis.
1: Yeah, so SCG Con Indianapolis. um, Tonight we have guest speaker Patrick Nelson with us. Patrick was a team lead at the Star City Indianapolis event this past weekend and got a lot of experience, got a lot of cool stories for us, saw a lot of stuff. So Patrick, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are just to get us started.
2: Hi, first off, thank you for having me. Um I've been a long time listener of Judge Cast, so this is fantastic. So a little bit about myself. I'm a level two judge from Indianapolis, so this is a nice home event for me. Uh not not have to travel anywhere, which is fantastic. Um, I've been a judge for about nine years now. Wow. I hit my certification for L one in about a month. I got my L two about eight years ago, so I've been chugging away. I've been doing this for a while. I've uh like, let's see, in the numbers, for me, I've been on about 43 Grand Prix and about 43 SCG Opens, and this is my first SEG Con. So it's been Holy quite a run over the last nine years, and I'm looking forward to another nine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Love nice. to hear that. Nice.
0: So let me ask this question for you. What is your favorite red card? For Sam, because she likes red
2: mm. Uh, I'm all about um, efficiency when it comes to red. Uh, the best, most efficient spell in Magic for me is Lightning Bolt. Straight up, single mana deal three to anything is just a very, uh, very clean run.
1: Got to go with the classics.
2: However,
0: I'm not against casting an occasional uh, blue Elemental Blast. Ugh. Oh. And for those that don't know, the Blue Elemental Blast lets you choose one, Destroy Target Red Dispel, or Destroy Target Red Permanent. Not at all. No? I don't
1: think that's a real card. Don't it's, tell them that's a it's... real card. Don't let them know.
0: Oh, just anything, anything, just blow it up. Um, all right, Patrick, uh, thank you. Is there, is, do you have, like, a fun fact about yourself or a fun little judge story?
2: Well uh my first team lead was a few was several years ago at this point um, at an SEG open. Uh, it was a joint team lead. We had two deck check teams. we decided to run them together. Uh, it was myself and Tom Davis, who was a former level two out in the out in the uh, Seattle area. Uh, we had our first team lead. we ran that relatively well the first that that, that day. It was a uh, standard open at the time uh, on day one. Back then, this was two different formats of two different opens over the course of the weekend. On Sunday, I was actually a player, and I top aided that Legacy open. Nice. Unfortunately, scrubbed out in the top eight, but I can at least say I top aided an open.
0: <laughs> and they say judges can't play.
2: Exactly, and prove yeah. them wrong. Mm-hmm. Get there.
1: <laughs> That's fantastic. So, Patrick. um... I don't think I've ever been to an SCG con. I've been I've worked a few opens, but how is how is SCG con different for those like myself who may not have ever experienced one?
2: Uh, SCG con tweaks itself a little bit from a normal SCG open. Uh, side events are a much higher prerogative on the weekend. They act they actively add a command zone for commander players, so they can get so they can just have a dedicated space to play commander. There's typically a few more side events over the course of the weekend than there were at the previous iterations of the SCG uh, Open Series. And then there's—and the other big difference is it's a three-day event instead of a two-day as opposed to the old Open set.
0: Now, I saw that they had challenge badges. So did they have scheduled uh, constructed events throughout the throughout the weekend? Yep. Every hour okay. or so,
2: they were, they were running a challenge of a different format. So— it, people could keep playing Magic as much as they wanted, which was fantastic.
0: Nice, nice. Uh, did you work on Friday?
2: I did not. Or was it Saturday, Sunday? I was okay. only unfortunately on Saturday and Sunday. Could not afford the vacation time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a thing about judging. Is a lot of times you got to take that Friday day off of work. Yep, I just couldn't afford it. So now this particular SCG Con was structured a little bit different than. Normally, we would think of like a standard open or a modern open or something like that. What was the format for this event? Uh, this event was team constructed.
2: Uh, we had three formats, each player on their own on a different format. Uh, modern, Pioneer, and Legacy. Oh, nice. No, no standard, huh? No standard. No. <laughs> with the With the pandemic, it's been a lot harder for players to get their standard cards, as a lot fewer mm. packs were cracked during the period where people weren't
0: playing Magic. That seems like a very political uh, uh, answer to, like, you don't like Standard so much. <laughs> but
1: Standard is perfect. I don't know what anybody's talking about.
0: You worked on the main event on Saturday, right? Yes, I was the Breaks team lead. Oh, nice. So you got to do a little bit of everything then. Yes, I did.
2: It was fun.
1: That's wow. such a, like, perfect perspective to get because Breaks team gets to do just a little bit of everything, like a, like a job charcuterie board.
2: <laughs> exactly. It's quite a
0: quite a wild ride. So let me let me ask uh, how many how big was the event?
2: Uh, we had 307 teams uh, so a total of 921 players. So that was a fantastic turnout for
0: what one of the first major events especially in the Midwest of this scale. So Jer- Jared uh, actually sent me I, I, I sent an email to him and asked him like hey, do you have any stats or anything like that that you want to share? Over the course of the weekend, so this was not just tied to the main event, but this is for the Magic, they had uh, 2,100 unique players and 4,000 event entries. I did not know that, and that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. so I'd love to
1: see Magic being that healthy, alive and yep, well.
0: Yup, yup. So who were the, um, uh, who was the head judge for Saturday? The head judge Sunday
2: on too? Saturday was Steven Swanger.
1: Okay. Oh.
0: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, he had two
2: support judges with him, uh, Eliana Rabinowitz and Matt Carr.
1: Nice.
0: So before we start talking about your actual day as, as team lead, I do have a question because there was a flesh and blood tournament going on at the same time, right? Yep, there was. Unlike most SCG events and Grand Prix and stuff like that, large events that people have gone to, what was it what was it like having, having players of a game that is not magic in the same space?
2: Uh, with how Star City had set it up, it was actually a lot... Um, how should I put this? It wasn't necessarily uh, noticeable, actually. They had set it up where the stage was at the back center of the room, uh, along the back wall. And then f- on the left side of the stage was Flesh and Blood, running all the way down that side of the hall. And on the other side, the right side, we had magic running all the way down the hall. So they had kept the players and, therefore, the individual judge staffs
0: separate. Did they use they use the same stage though? They use the same stage, yes. Did they use uh, for the on-demand events and the and the challenges? Did they have like a common stage area for those as well? Yep, same set. Okay, all right. And then, did they for the artist? Not necessarily the well. They had artists too. Yep. They but did. the the vendors and stuff was there like a central area. Yep. They were right down the middle. So
2: you had players oh. on both sides. You had fleshed well on one side of the vendors. You had magic on the other. So
0: you had a wall of retail separating <laughs> the players. Yep.
1: Maybe they thought they'd like start fights. Um, <laughs> maybe they, jets and the maybe sharks or whatever.
0: They're fans of the offspring and believe you have to you gotta keep them separated.
1: Oh ha ha.
0: Yeah, it's yes, Pain no mind. <laughs> uh, all right. So, how many uh, how many judges were on staff on in total? So
2: on Saturday, uh, there were uh, what was the number I had 32. 30, 32 judges on on side events on on Friday. On that was in close for both flesh and blood and magic. On Saturday, we were up to as judge staff of fifty one between the two uh, events and 43 total on Sunday. Uh, the Sunday judges were roughly even split on sides, where on Saturday they, fa- they tended to favor, favor uh, Magic. Okay.
0: All right. Cool, cool. That's
1: such a good team. That's such a nice, broad team. I miss doing big team judging-type events.
2: And the nice part is, back into that. if one section needed to pull in judges, a lot of the judges had cross-trained on both Flesh and Blood and Magic. So if we needed to pull more towards Magic, we could f- pull from Flesh and Blood and vice versa.
0: Okay, quick question. Uh, I saw a picture of some judges wearing yellow uniforms. Yes. Was that, that, was is, that Flesh and Blood or that Magic? That
2: is Flesh and Blood. Uh, that is very very specifically uh, The Calling, um, which was their the Flesh and Blood main event of the weekend. Um, they have their own uniforms associated with The Calling, the, the, the side event they had on Sunday, similar to our 5Ks, uh, was blue shirts for SCG on both events.
1: I know this is really, like, not that important, but I don't know that I could be convinced to wear a, like, canary yellow shirt through
0: the duration of the event. <laughs> if you were on the magic side and had to go over to the flesh and blood side, did you have to take off your space captain blue and put on your canary yellow?
2: No, we just walk right through. You just walk right through. Just walk right. right through. Uh, they that, that was the best. How players ended up knowing who was working which event, um, which helped fantastically. They knew who to go to for flesh and blood questions.
0: No, no, no. I mean, if you had, if you got conscripted, if you were a magic judge that was cross trained and had to go over and support flesh and blood for a brief period of time, did you have to be the canary in the coal mine, as it
1: were? <laughs> did they make you swap shirts? Yeah.
0: For the calling,
2: I'm not sure, but the side events uh were all wearing this SEG
0: blue, both for magic okay. and for flesh and blood. Alright. Lego Lego Spaceman blue. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh we mentioned that this was a team constructed event. How's how's that different from a and and you said that each each person was playing Legacy Modern Pioneer? How? What makes it a team event? Like, what is the mechanics of like how the teams are organized that make it a team event?
2: So, one of the biggest differences between uh, team constructed and a regular event is there's a lot more communication between the players. It's actually allowed. Uh, so, you have legacy player looking at uh, pioneer player's hand for Mulligan decisions and giving input there. You have input on um, which card should I play. There's a lot of, lot of talking back and forth. Uh, one of the downsides with, with all this extra player communication is slow play becomes a much bigger issue. <laughs> so judges have to watch, watch those matches even more intently than normal um, because you don't have just one player making decisions. You have three on a single
0: game. There's a there's a reason why in two headed giant when time is called you only get three extra turns as opposed to five because mm-hmm. they spend a lot of time chatting.
2: Yep. Fortunately, that's not the case with team constructed. It's five
0: extra turns because it's three individual formats. So, so the three of us. So let's say we're all on a team. Okay. What determines if we win the match?
2: So it's the so how matches are determined. Uh, It's whoever, whichever team wins two matches. Uh, First of two wins, as it would be in individual one-on-one, it's a similar set here. In this case, it's if my legacy player and modern player both win their matches uh, before the Pioneer match finishes. Pioneer can keep playing if they like, but their their match is now irrelevant um, because the tiebreakers don't exist in Team Constructed outside of opponent match
0: win. So if it's, if it's end of round and you come up on a match and it's the third match, but the team's already won two, two other matches, you can do like, okay, guys, come on, just report, please Please report your (laughs) match.
2: If you want to finish it up, go for it as long as there's time left in the round. But if it's at the end of the round and we're trying to uh, push players to finish up, then like, yeah, you're done. Just off you go.
1: See, and that's kind of a downside, though, to not having match slips necessarily anymore. It's used to, you could just kind of, like, take the match slip and start pushing it closer to them.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Look them right in the eye and push it closer to them. But now, how am I supposed to be (laughs) passive-aggressive?
0: We can find other ways. We
1: got, yeah, we got to get inventive here. We got to find something to to do.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Because my my trick used to be, like, I'll take that match slip up if you're done with it. You know, they they weren't. But, you know, that's just my way of letting them know. Like, no, really, be done with it. <laughs> no, really, be done. <laughs> you know, just real nice and play. Like, hey, I'll take that up if you're done.
2: Oh, we ended up having a bunch of judges just staring at players. Just standing <laughs> there like at the end of the, the
0: table, like just looming over them. Yeah. Like a like a space Captain Blue gargoyle. Yep. Got to <laughs> just sit,
1: stand there unblinking until they're so uncomfortable. that just <laughs> like, I will, I will forfeit to not have this happen anymore. So,
0: Santa, <laughs> you mentioned that it's a it's a difference in not having match slips. Why didn't uh, match slips weren't used for this event?
2: Well, sort of. Sort of, uh, okay. So we'll start off at the beginning of the weekend. Players were signing up through uh, MTG Melee, which is a software that was developed by former Level 3 Jason Flatford, to run events. A lot of the events that were run over the pandemic using online softwares like Magic Online or more so Melee or Spell Table, Arena or Spell Table, used, uh, used MTG Melee for pairings and log. Uh, that was what was used to set up the uh, registration. Every every team registered through Melee. Only one player from each team registered the team. Uh, all three deck lists for all, all the, for all three formats were uploaded through Melee on that one player's account. And all match results were reported through Melee. Um, up until a certain point. Okay. Players... So Melee is completely online? Me- melee is completely online. There is no okay. paper element unless we want there to be one. Okay. Matches are pushed to the player's phones, uh, similar to Companion, which makes it relatively easy for players to uh, to find their tables without crowding around pairings boards. Uh, we still had a pairings board in place, or a couple pairings boards, just to, just for those players that did not have data, they could actually uh, get their matches that way
0: and head to the tables. So really, for 900 players, you only, well, I guess for teams, only 300, because only like the A player needs to go up. So you only had one pairings board for 300 players? We had three pairings
2: boards split across three, name, three, uh, three uh, letter ranges. Okay. A through G to okay. N and then to Z.
0: I for for yeah. a moment I was like super impressed. I was like, melee is that you know that powerful that you could get away with one pairings board. We probably could have. We that probably so could cool have though. if there like, were we, more data we live issues. Live in the future. <laughs> yeah, we do.
1: The future of judging is so bright.
2: It's bright as long as everything works. Uh oh. <laughs> yes. Um, are
0: you gonna? Are you gonna like? Is is this gonna be like one of the? Uh you know, behind the music, where it's like everything everything seemed wonderful until it wasn't.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. So there was a lot of data issues. Lot there, the hall was not necessarily the best for getting to the network towers. Players were having connectivity issues to melee. Uh, it got to a point where in round three, we actually printed match slips, which melee has the capacity to do. So, so starting in round three... The preference was still if you can access melee and report that way, please do. Otherwise, uh, if you're unable to connect to melee or it seems to be erroring out, please go ahead and fill out the match slip and drop it off with our scorekeeper. Okay. So that was a nice change that happened about two rounds in of the eight. Uh, So round three was our first round for that, and we used match slips for the rest of the day. And we still had players. I mean, that's,
1: that's pretty cool. Like, if you, if, if worst case scenario is we go back to doing things like normal, that's pretty dang good. Yeah. That's that's not really a crisis, I guess, in my opinion. That's, that's so sick.
0: okay. So let me ask this: at the end of the day, when you were doing end of round, yep. Um, how were you? Does does MTG Melee have like a end of round report or something like that, so you can see the delinquent tables?
2: Um, sort of. So there's a for if so. Judges on the normal accounts can't see anything on the back end. Uh, the scorekeeper ends up adding you as a tournament organizer, and there's a organizer dashboard within Melee. Uh, at that point, you can see all the des- de- deck lists for the event and their associated players. You can see uh, as well as which ma- which, what the pairings look like, what standings look like at any given time, um, which is very neat. So in those cases, you would go to that dashboard, pull up the pairings, and there's a little checkbox for outstanding tables. You can check that, and it will li- it will list all the tables that have not reported their matches. Okay. So nice. what was ended up doing, what ended up being done was we had judges sweep the sweep the tables looking for active matches. We would then compare them against the not reported matches, and either act at either and then either mark the tables as uh, actually active. Or not reported. In the event of not reported, an announcement gets made. Players, please report your matches if you have not done so. Please verify you've reported your matches. And then, if there happens to be a couple of tables left, we'll page the players up to the stage.
0: How how often were you guys, or you folks, encountering players that? Oh, I didn't know that I had to. Or, you know, they they didn't fill out the slip. They got up and left. They didn't put it in the system, They didn't put it into MTG Melee, and you had to go hunt them down.
2: That happened, gosh,
0: a lot, a little compared compared to other events.
2: Well, it was it was enough for the first two rounds that we had to go to batch slips. <laughs> uh, we ended up having cases where um, we had I think the largest number of matches that were called at a time were th- three or four, so it wasn't horrific. Um, but most players were like, "Yeah, I tried, to, I entered it. It just either didn't go to melee." Was still spinning in their uh, in their uh, browsers. Um, there's a lot of weird things that were going on that we uh, going on with with that aspect of it. But no one actually said I d- didn't know I needed to report. There were a couple <laughs> of the, there were a couple of players that said our opponents won. They're, they should have reported. Hmm. D- ah. Neither team did in that case. Okay. Yeah, very much so.
1: So, Patrick, as as the lead of the Breaks team, you got to experience um, a whole lot of different roles, like we were kind of saying earlier, so out of all the different kind of hats you got to wear, which which set of team responsibilities did you personally enjoy the most or find the most challenging?
2: Um, given the set, there were four other teams, Uh, we had the, we had three other teams, we had deck checks, end of round slash clock, and, and paper. Um... Initially going in, paper was probably going to be the easiest of the bunch, given that we were only pairing or posting pairings, but it happened to be that round three, when we were going into paper is when we happened to start cutting
0: match slips, um, extra paper, which made it extra paper. Um, when you say going into paper, that means break was take breaks was taking over for paper. Yep. Okay. Changing how paper works and breaks gets to, gets to be the guinea pig. Got it.
2: Yep. Um, Well, it might have actually been the following round, but still, it was still early on in the, in the new process, uh, and the paper team was still figuring out what they wanted it to do. That was probably the biggest change. End of round was probably the most interesting because Melee was used for end of round, and we were very much using writing things down, clipboard-esque uh, tracking as to where players were being sent. We did not have uh, like Purple Fox running or any of the other end of round softwares that were developed over the years. So that was the most challenging. We had a, it was set a certain way by the end of round team, so it was a matter of making sure that we followed their, uh, their protocol to keep everything running smooth. Uh, luckily, we didn't have any, any significant issues that round. Cool, cool.
0: Now, you guys also did deck checks one round, too, yep. right?
2: We had a couple of targeted checks. Uh, everything ran smoothly on the checks. Outside of we didn't have access to the deck lists from the melee side, because we were not listed in there as such as tournament organizers, so we had to go to the scorekeeper to print off some lists, which made a little more work for the yep. scorekeeper. But all in all, it was relatively easy. The one as I, as I said earlier, the challenge with deck checks is okay, which player registered their list? Re- registered the team? Uh, which format am I grabbing from that from that setup? Uh, so which which mm-hmm. list do I need to pull from the uh, from the scorekeeper?
0: So typically, it's done something like player a the legacy player is supposed to be the one to register right theoretically yes uh, okay. player a was
2: supposed to be the legacy player but they weren't necessarily the ones that registered and not all of the players were sitting in the correct order either <laughs> so that was that made it more challenging we had pioneer players in the a seat because that's how they wanted to sit but it wasn't 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 strictly enforced abc as long as they played the right opponents that's what mattered yeah, that's
1: Maybe. fair. Seems like something you'd think but you know what do I know? I wonder how often that happens. <laughs> yeah. So Patrick, how did you approach getting your team ready for the day?
2: So we had a fun, fun setup. Uh, our call time was at eight thirty a.m. The twenty five k was set to start at nine a.m. Um, so early. So we were we had a half an hour start, half an hour setup between full group meeting, breaking into teams and launching the event. So my team, we a little information here, we had, uh, I had four floor judges with me on the day. Uh, two very seasoned judges in Elliot Raff and Meg Rickman.
1: Oh, I love them.
2: They're fantastic. Made my day so much easier. Uh, and then two uh, green judges. Uh, it's one For one of the judges, it was his second event as a judge. And the other was had been doing regrel for about seven years, and this was his first comp rel event. So we That's had awesome. a full range of experiences on the team, and then to help with that setup, and we knew out knowing deck checks were coming up, I paired them off. Uh, I had Elliot with Raphael and Tyler with Meg, Tyler Espinoza and Raphael Molinar. Uh, the judges were fantastic for me that weekend for the, for me for the day uh everything ran smooth no one dropped any dropped any balls so Banger was quite happy by the, by the end of the day with the breaks team and everyone was happy to see us so um
1: i bet you know meg rickman and elliot raff are two of the are two of the the kinds of judges that if i see them on my like team roster i'm like this is gonna be a great event like let's go this is gonna be great
2: yeah so, it fantastic. was it was fantastic Uh So a lot of the team setup, we were like, as part of Breaks team, we're also responsible for floor coverage. So one of my first directives was make sure you're paying attention to to uh, judge puddles. (laughs) Make sure that people aren't agglomerating more than they should be. Live calls are fine, but given the event of the the size of the event and how spread out it was over the hall, uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, players were taken care of, uh, but to make sure that. In addition to taking care of players, they took care of themselves. Uh, drink a lot of water. Take restroom breaks when you need it. If you need, if you need a few minutes to sit, please do so. Um, the other piece that was important here was uh, making sure that the uh, judges knew who they could talk to about questions on calls. They wanted a second thought on a call before they gave it, which is the other one of the main other reasons why I did the pair up. So they'd, they each, each judge would have someone to go to to get that information um, and had, had to use as a sounding board for calls. Everyone at the event had some amount of rust to shake off, given it was a lot of our first events back uh, since, since the pandemic started. Having, having second opinions on calls, making sure the, player, the players get the right call was just the best thing on the weekend. And then obviously the transitioning through. Here's what tasks we were planning on doing for the day. Uh, and then I'll get information from the different team leads as we progress through, making sure if they have any weird tweaks or weird, uh, any weird interesting items or ideas that they have for their teams. So we can, again, try to maintain it the same way that they are. Run everything. Run, run, we Don't Don't, uh, yeah, or breaks. Like, don't sh- sink the ship. Give them the breaks they need and keep everything moving.
0: Were your breaks, ba- or were you providing relief based on rounds, or based on, like, time, like wall time?
2: We were providing like, breaks based off of rounds. Okay. Uh, deck checks went first in round two, so they had a very early break on the day. They were breaking at, like, 10.30. Looking at my notes, end of round ended up going second in round three. Paper team went fourth, and then once we completed paper team's tasks about halfway through the round, we left as well on our full break. So we we actually broke from halfway through four into halfway through five, which was interesting. It was an interesting decision. We voiced our concerns. There was some floor coverage issues we found out after we got back, but the event didn't blow up, so... Okay. It makes
1: me think of the, the that phrase, like, who watches the watchman, Who breaks the breaks team? <laughs> <laughs> What's that...
0: So was that was that planned in advance that you guys were going to break halfway through uh, papers breaks? Yes, we found out about a week and a half early or okay. beforehand. Yeah. All right. Hmm. I guess the thought was potentially that if everyone was reporting online, you wouldn't need a whole ha- all hands on deck kind of thing for end of round, and then when you ended up going paper, you needed those bodies. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah, we need life's
1: full of little surprises, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just funny how I think it's kind of interesting how a decision how a seemingly unrelated decision can have unintended consequences.
2: Yeah, for an event that right. size, we went from um, we went from 20 ish judges to 10 uh, ish judges. So we had a we chopped we chopped chop the judge staff in half for about half the round.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if you think about it, while it is only probably at that point in time, probably like two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy matches. Yeah, it's still three times as many that players than yep. that. Like you only have two hundred and seventy match slips to go, but you still got you know eight hundred players worth of judge calls.
2: Yeah. Wolf. yeah it was okay. it was a fun 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 break to come back from <laughs> <laughs> and then the rest the rest of the event uh, the other teams took their breaks in the half of a round that they were not uh, not assigned to tasks so at that point after we got back we were on the floor for the duration of the week duration of the event
1: okay so it sounds like you all stayed pretty busy um so did you have time to do any like team building activities did you do anything fun to kind of keep your folks? engaged for the duration of the of the event when you weren't putting out fires
2: unfortunately not i wish i had more time we had it was we had a lot of we would go right from end around into right back to the floor there wasn't a big break because you know they don't have to wait for paper it's they push to digital as soon as the last match is in uh, at right. which point players are getting seated and then we have to head to the floor right away to make sure okay Let's watch for no shows. To help players find their seats. Answer any questions. Cover for anyone who to go to the bathroom. So, like as as the as part of the floor focus or floor our focus on the floor, we ended up needing to uh, needing to just get back to the floor. Um, but a lot of the interactions happened over the course of the rounds, uh, talking with other, talk, talking with the judges, making sure everyone was taking care of themselves, water, etc. cetera. Uh, at one point we had to assign one of the judges towards the front of the room due to uh hurt ankle uh, which was unfortunate, but it is what it is Self care is important uh so more more of the seated tasks or seated watching magic um, also easy access to the judge room if they need to get off their feet. so
1: that's great and that's a that's a really important part of being a leader and being in a leadership position is you know kind of taking careful assessment of your team and what they're you know where, where they are best situated and what they what tasks they are best you know up to doing i i find that team building activities is something i always struggle with as a team lead because part of me just feels a little harried in the moment and feels like well the team building activity is not letting the ship sink <laughs> yeah <laughs> in a sense but i don't know. that's cool
2: and then unfortunately we lost uh, both of our newer judges about halfway through round 6 uh, they were summoned over to sides, so it was myself, Elliot, and Meg to finish out the day for breaks. So, at that point, the event had shrunk relatively small. We were probably down to fifty teams at that point, fifty to sixty teams. So we were we were easily able to lose them at that point and not ha- not have the event suffer.
0: Um, so, so a lot of people were dropping and then heading right on over to. To the on-demand events, yeah. Uh,
2: the last on-demand, last on-demand on-demand event of the day launched at like five o'clock. So, mm-hmm. judges' route of the hall by nine or nine thirty every day.
1: Well, that's
2: not bad. No, it
0: wasn't. It was actually quite nice. Yeah, I was doing a uh, this past weekend. I was doing a conference, uh, and mm-hmm. I was talking about like history of the judge program, and I was talking about like events prior to you know. In, in like the 2010 frame. And I was like, okay, here's what our compensation was. And you know, you might have a hotel that you could all go to, but you might be doing 11 rounds on Saturday, oh. you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Luckily so. the 25 K was a fixed eight rounds on Saturday. And then the five, five rounds on day two with a cut to top six teams, which was unique. Uh, this is the first top six cut I have seen. um, hmm first and first seed and second seed actually got a bye in the quarterfinals uh, well, that's interesting so if you finished well you got to play one less round of magic on your way to the finals
0: uh, which was was neat. that neat was that done to prevent people from drawing i'm not Swiss?
2: sure um uh, i i didn't do the math and i'm not great at the math so <laughs> okay normally when they do a cut it's usually top 4 teams not right. top not top 6 or 8 um, I know SCG's in the past has done top 8 that's usually like one more round to like weed out weed weed, weed everything out
0: yeah well the, the, normally with the team events they do top 4 I wonder yeah. if they got complaints that top 4 didn't seem like enough people made it
2: yeah then, that's but then... that's a good question I know there's another team event coming up soon for them um so then that might be that might be the same I don't know if they kept it to 6 there or what but it's gonna be interesting to watch.
0: Uh, I did. I did have a question. Uh, tardiness. Yes. Uh, how was that recorded in melee? Was I mean, there was just no penalties because there was no need for slips for a lot of people. Would someone just go in and say, "My opponent no showed. I win." So for
2: no shows in particular, uh, judges actually went around at the forty-minute mark, uh, got the name of the player that was still present. And mm-hmm. gave that list to the scorekeeper, saying, "Drop the other players, uh, or in this case, teams, or what have you, depending on which event which event it was." Um, penalties were actually submitted through a tiny URL, which was associated with a Google form. So everything was submitted electronically. What was this? We used, uh, what was this
0: that was submitted through the Google form?
2: Penalties. Okay. We actually put up. We actually had a Google form that was prepared by our scorekeeper, that was associated with a tiny URL. Uh, which made it easy for judges to access. Uh, covered everything from which round is it? Who's the judge, ask, judge, judge giving the penalty? Is there a penalty on that? In the case it was for time extensions, um, as a way to, as a way to report time extensions to end of round. Uh, which unfortunately the form did not output the time extensions pro, 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 uh, pro, uh, correctly, so they had to um, cut that c- uh, cut that part out and we went to Discord to report time extensions on matches as we gave them so we had a google form that was covering penalties we had a uh time we had had discord that was doing uh extensions we had melee that was doing deck lists and match results so we had a, a lot of different pieces of technology a lot of tabs open at the same time
0: okay uh were, did you have an extra battery for your phone? I did thankfully
2: <laughs> uh at one point at the end of the day right at the end uh the first there's a second day actually my my phone battery died when i got I gave an extra ten percent of juice and it managed to make it through the rest of the event nice the uh, backup batteries are becoming more and more of a necessity as we track right. as we progress to more technology or technology heavy uh judging
0: so pen notepad battery charging cable. Phone. Yup, phones snacks. not phones not just for for the Oracle text and rules anymore. It's it's come a long way because twelve years ago, having your phone out at an event was a big no no because it was oh. players are gonna think you're cruising on Facebook instead of paying attention to the event. And now, the the phone is almost your window into the event. Yup, very much so. Very so much I, so.
1: I, I think you said that you were not on the main event on Sunday, right? Can you tell us a little bit about where you were and what you were doing on Sunday?
2: Yeah, I was uh, again. I was team leading again on Sunday. I was on the modern class or modern five k, not a classic anymore, uh, given, how, given the the SEG con structure. Uh, I was the not checks lead, so I pretty much I covered everything that was not tech checks. Uh, <laughs> we did not start with slips on that on that event but uh luckily we did not we did not need to uh more players were either accessing it thoroughly or accessing melee fine or they were going up to the scorekeeper and reporting the results uh, f- for a while for it was it was after it was after the first couple of rounds we had some some points where at one point we had every match done playing but i think 15 results out um uh, Oof. at which point all of the events started asking players when time is called by default to please verify they have input the results into melee, um, which significantly dropped that number down. And by the end of the day, matches that were actively playing were the only ones not reported. Um, uh, so it, it worked itself out. Uh, so not checks in general is again, everything, not, not check. So paper. So we were putting up pairings, uh, End of round, uh, we were covering that. Luckily the deck checks were covered by two other judges on the event. And then there isn't really a breaks team at this point. We just ended up having this this we ended up having timed breaks for, for the for the for this for Sunday. So everything was a little done a little bit differently. Um yeah. How many players how many players were in your event? The modern five K had three hundred and fifty five players. So you uh,
0: picked up some players, so because a lot of times they, they have, like, the Legacy, the Pioneer, the Modern, and then the the idea is the Legacy players will go into the Legacy 5K, the Modern players will go into the 5K, or the Modern 5K. But it sounds like you picked up, like, even with a 100% transfer, you still picked up, like, 15%. Yep. Uh, the Pioneer only had 142 players, and the Legacy they only, only had 162. Yeah, this is because Modern's a lot better. Modern's <laughs> a lot better.
2: Like, it was pretty, pretty wild. The, the the judge staffs between the events were the same. Okay. Uh, or very close to the same. The Modern had head judge and six floor judges. Three of those floor judges were on partial shifts. They left at 2.30. So we ended up having three of us left plus the head judge for the last th- four rounds of the day, um, which made it a bit challenging Pioneer and Legacy both had their head judge and five floor judges. Uh, The head judges of the events, Modern, we had Elliot Raff. Pioneer was Min Vu. And Legacy was Michael Aerosmith. So we had three pretty strong judges head judging those events. Cool, cool. Luckily, we had some support um, from sides. Two Flesh and Blood side judges that also knew magic were brought over to help us out. About round three. Um, given the size of our event and how spread out it was. Six floor judges covering three hundred and fifty five players was quite challenging. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so having more yeah. bodies helped. Um uh, and then we typically won about three per hundred. Yeah. So the twenty guys were about four shy. Yeah. The twenty five K that one that event had head judge, two support judges, and four floor judges on it for thirty five teams. So <laughs> bit lopsided, but at the end, when we lost our three partials was also when the 25K was going into top six. So we ended up That's picking up all all four floor judges from the 25K, leaving the support <laughs> judges and the head judge to cover uh, yeah. cover the top eight or top six.
0: Yeah. Now, one thing I, I want to mention, and this is... So I'm actually a big fan of, of how Star City treats their judges. So one of the things that they do... So you were talking about partial shifts. So... I'm going to be talking assuming that it's the same from when they did the open series. But when you apply, they have you can apply for keystone positions, which is like lead lead positions, potentially multiple a multi-event commitment. Then they have regular applications, then you can actually even if you can only give them like a half a day, you can apply for partial shifts. Yep. And obviously you get you get less pay. So I want to you know give give Star City props for for creating a, a, an application system that allows judges to judge the amount that they are capable of doing. If they can't do a whole day.
2: Yeah. Some cases they were only offered up. They said they like they could do a full day or they could do a partial and then star city would pick what's the best for them. What's the best for the event. Yeah. Uh, so they don't overstaff the event. Um, right. I know a couple, I know at least one of the two floor judges we had, or one of the, one of the three floor judges we had that, uh, that left us at the partial shift, uh, wished he had a full, He <laughs> yeah. was enjoying himself so much he wished he could have stayed.
1: Oh, I'd love to hear that. The, yeah.
0: the great thing about uh, about Star City, and I, and I might be just saying this because, again, I gave a, a history presentation uh, on the judge program, and I really think like the last, from like 20, 2016 to 2018, 2019, mm-hmm. when we had... PTQ or PPTQs instead of PTQs we lost a lot of opportunity to have judges work in uh, at comp events on a team and the Star City series really filled a gap between the PPTQ level play and the GP level play PPTQ level judging and GP level judging and so and I and I realize that there's there's some other tos that are that are working in that same space right now, but Star City did just a ton of work in that area, and so I got like they've really propped up uh, the judge program, the old judge program yeah. on the back end. So
2: I suspect with SCG continuing on this with, the, with on this con model, that we'll see a lot of development of judges through this, which I find to be fantastic.
0: <laughs> they just need to come down a little further down the east coast like maybe to atlanta or orlando maybe maybe possibly i, say, I, I, my,
1: I think my husband and i met at a, a star city atlanta event um i think you just want more florida stuff i i would you know, handle be honest.
0: i would appreciate yeah something that. that is not like a four-hour flight yeah. so yeah yeah just you know like eight-hour drive, four-hour flight, something like that. You know, whatever. But anyway, uh, so did it, so. We've talked a lot about like the mechanics and stuff like that. But you, you actually, this was your first event back after the pandemic, right?
2: First event of this size. Uh, last year, I worked a couple of one Ks at one of the local stores here in Indianapolis. They are running an invitational series. Uh, that fed into a 10K that they that they hosted that was 32 players at the end. Uh, it was it was their way to bring competitive Magic back during the safe-ish period in 2021. Uh, oh, like right before Omicron. Yep. Yeah, before Delta. Yeah. Like November, I think was their th- was their 10K. So right as things started getting bad, they had their last tournament to end out the year. Um, yeah. So I worked a couple of 1Ks for them, a couple of, the, a couple of those qualifiers. And then earlier on in the year, after we got past the winter, uh, winter spike of 2020 into 2021, I worked a four or five judge, uh, like two or three K event. So i worked a couple events, but this was my first event of this scale back. Uh, as I said, we shook off. We had everyone there had some
0: amount of rust to shake off. So do you have any, do you have any fun stories from the weekend then?
2: Um, stories or
0: calls or both?
2: My favorite call of the weekend happened twice. Same call happened twice. Uh, so first time was practice. First time was practice. I actually got appealed. Uh, <laughs> uh, so player A controls uh, Narset, Parter of Ales, uh, and a Hull Breacher. Okay. Uh, hull Breacher states that if you draw, if your, oppo- if your opponent would draw a card that is not in their draw step, their first card drawn in their draw step. Uh, you get a treasure token for each card drawn, or what would have been drawn. Mm-hmm. as a replacement effect. Uh, Narset says you can't draw more than, one, or your opponent can't draw more than one card per turn. Mm-hmm. Uh, player A casts Day's Undoing, which Thanks. is a shuffle, ev- shuffle your hand and graveyard back into your deck, draw seven. That's fantastic for player A. They'll get a full seven. However, player B would normally get one card with Narset. However, due to Hull Breacher in play, that card is replaced by the Hull Breacher effect, giving player A a treasure token. So player B ends up with nothing in yard, nothing in hand. Player A gets a full grip of seven and a treasure token out of the deal.
0: Was was the question if they got seven treasure tokens? It was seven,
2: zero, or one. Okay. Uh, I initially said zero, which was incorrect. I get a snap appeal on the zero. Uh, which makes sense. About 10 steps away, I'm still reading the cards again and I realize, <laughs> oh, crap. I turn around. It's one treasure. I would still like to appeal. I go get the get the head go get go get Swanger. Uh, It's like, okay, which ruling did you give originally? Okay, that makes sense. why, why, why you corrected yourself after reading the cards? okay. And he ended up appealing my second my second ruling, <laughs> or up, upholding my second ruling. Mm-hmm. Um, I get, end up getting the same exact call a round and a half later with a different player, <laughs> different match.
1: Well, so glad you asked, friends. So <laughs> glad
2: I yeah, perfect. I'm like, this is gonna be one treasure. No cards for you. Full grip of seven for you.
1: That's the best when stuff like that comes up because you get to look like a genius.
2: Yep, <laughs> that was fantastic. Man, I
1: just... Came up with this on the spot because I'm a very good judge.
2: Yep. I'm like, I saw this around ago. Here's how this works.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, beyond that, it was just like the best part about the weekend was just seeing people again. Uh, these are judges that I have not seen for two years. You know, all of these are the players. I was getting approached by players I have not seen for two years, welcoming me back. I've got some of the biggest hugs I've gotten in two years by the judges that were on this event. Plenty of fist bumps, plenty of high fives, uh, plenty of catching up. There was a lot of that. Uh, and thankfully, Star City gave us the opportunity to do that after Sunday was over by throwing a little thank you after party for us with some catering. Um, oh, nice. And then some product. It was either speedier got six packs of uh, Tales of Aria from F- Flesh and Blood or six packs of uh kamigawa neon dynasty so it was it was very nice of them um and again it gave a lot of us a chance that didn't have a chance to interact because a lot of people we wanted to see were on flesh and blood or on the other or on the other side
0: so were there any uh were there any uh i'll say traditional magic judges that were over on the flesh and blood side as a a matter of course or
2: there were quite a few actually that had that had like double asserted um Amanda Coots was the head judge of the calling. I believe she was the head judge. She was the head judge or support mm-hmm. judge. Um, Travis Loro was on that side, as on the calling. Um, uh, Felipe Mondeleve from Brazil was over on the calling as well. So we had some international judges doing, fl- doing flesh and blood. Um, so a lot of people we didn't have a chance to interact with over the day. We just got to interact with afterwards at the party. Uh, which was again great because we haven't seen each other for so long. Oh, that's great. I'm
0: jealous. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here same. Like, oh,
2: it was a great event. I was so happy to see everyone. Um, uh, but the next like the, there's a couple of events scheduled for SCG. One in April, one in May. Uh, April, I believe, is Dallas. Um uh, mm-hmm. And then May is uh, no. April is Pittsburgh. April's Pittsburgh. May is Dallas. I think. Dallas or Ridelis, we just had. I can't remember. It's been a, it's been a, yeah, a it's, wild it's ride. Dallas
0: in April. Uh, Pittsburgh is April twenty ninth to May first, so it's, it's kind of spans. And then maybe we can make Orlando happen.
1: Orlando, I hope it happens. <laughs> Personally, I yeah. think that's wishful thinking. <laughs> Anything in Florida? <laughs> maybe maybe Atlanta.
0: I'd love a Florida. I'd
2: love to go to Disney World again. Yeah, but my year is gonna oh. be pretty, pretty busy as it sits. So. I'll take whatever events I can get in the Midwest.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, uh Patrick, thank you for coming on. Do you have do you have anything that uh, anything else you want to say or anything you want to plug? Um not really. Um
2: it's just been a, it's been a, it's been a great great start to the year. I'm looking forward to the rest of this year for Magic. And I'm looking forward to what the Wizards of the Coast official announcements might be on the 31st. With regards to organized play, know, hopefully right? good news. Hopefully good news. I want to David judge Ross. more magic.
0: Yeah. That'll be nice. Yeah, indeed. All right, I, I'm I'm hoping because right before the pandemic, they were saying, "Okay, PTQ like old school PTQs are coming back." So I'm I'm hoping that the pandemic hasn't changed that. You know, they're still like, they've been waiting, raring to go. They had all those wonderful plans that they had back two and a half years mm-hmm. ago, and they've made them better, and, in, and they're going to just present us a, a completely finished product that they've had two and a half years to refine, because we remember their organized play announcements before was, they would announce, like, a thing and then no one would have an idea of what that thing meant or when it would start or how to do it. And T.O.'s would be like, we don't know. We just found out at the same time as everybody else. We don't know what this means or anything. Yep. So maybe, we'll possibly, see. hopefully. Fingers crossed. Having yeah,
1: honestly, like, the period of time between when the Pro Tour stopped being the Pro Tour and the pandemic hit, like that space of time, I don't think I could have explained organized play. At any point the, in that span of time.
0: No, there yeah, was like no. some sort of crazy four-way flowchart nonsense. No, thank you.
1: Like, and I I don't mean to be away about it, but I, I remember looking at it a couple of times being like, you know what? I'm just not smart enough for this. Somebody else has to explain this to me. <laughs> <laughs> or just don't. I don't know. But I hope it's, I hope it's more streamlined, I guess it, is what I'm actually trying to say. It was
0: more complicated than HCE.
1: That is not complicated.
0: So we we'll, we'll you know how I feel time. about
1: it. <laughs> well, you're wrong about it.
0: But Well, I'm wrong about not liking the organized play structure because it was too complicated?
1: You're conflating that. Settle down.
0: I'm saying it was settle more down. complicated than HCE. You're saying HCE isn't complicated. You so are you're agreeing with things.
1: me. I'm not ever agreeing with you on anything. <sighs> we have never once agreed.
0: <laughs> uh, I I well, I'm going to say that I think we're wrapping up the show. Do you agree?
1: All right. That's our episode. Join us <laughs> next time when we talk about whatever kind of topic. Um, Until then, you can send us an email at judgecast at gmail.com or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at judgecast. Till next time, I'm Samantha Har and I keep it funky fresh.
0: I'm Brian Frillman, and I remember to thank our guest Patrick Nelson for coming on the show. Again, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And that's a wrap. It's a wrap. <laughs>
1: speaking, of, speaking of never agreeing with you, by the way, I had a nope. dream the other night that aprop- I, I think I like made a bad joke or something, and apropos of basically nothing. You just hit me real hard with a wiffle bat, and I woke up angry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that happened. I did that.
1: I, was just, I just woke up fuming mad, and it hadn't actually happened.